Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. And we are talking hot about the running back position in the Planet Kia studios. I don't even have my headphones on. We were all talking, all sharing our opinions. It's getting heated in here. Colin was talking. And almost like we were violently agreeing and then also disagreeing. <laughs> I agree. I agree with you. Goodness gracious. <laughs> the running backs are disrespected. But the running backs, they are angry. Austin Eckler. Derrick Henry, should be, Jonathan man. Taylor, everybody is angry, and then Wes tries to throw me under the I bus. I sure did. Saying it's about, it's like people, it's me, it's I'm the I problem. Did. People like you, Walker that's Mayo. what I said. I pointed right at you. I, I did the the gyrating point where my arm was just constantly in motion. I said, people like you is the reason why running backs on out here getting I have been checks. talking about the running back position for five years. I am totally down to talk more and more <laughs> about it. We will do so a little bit later on in the show. We can talk about the actual use of the running back position, how you pay them, what they should be paid. Is there a way the pay scale can actually be altered going forward? And the collective bargaining agreement, man, this is the thing. Like, they're going to be in this problem for quite some time before they can go back and negotiate. So might as well dig in. Yeah. Because owners, they're going to point to that CBA and say, y'all agreed to you all agreed to the rules here. Like, what do you want me to do after you guys agreed to the rules? So we'll talk about it more so. But it is an interesting discussion. And uh, a lot of it, probably a little performative yesterday on Twitter. But there's a lot of really good ideas to discuss as well. We'll get to that later on. We do have to open up the show with Miles Bridges and Mitch Kupchak holding press availability today. They spoke to the media at 11 o'clock. It ended at around 11.30 or so. And we can get off the bus that way. I'm going to get my headphones on because we were talking too much about Christian McCaffrey. Jeff Wilson, I believe, made an appearance. A bunch of San Francisco running backs. So we were talking about that. Go ahead and open up the doors, Fiddy. Let's get off the bus while I put my headphones on. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. So Miles Bridges released a statement on July 7th after signing the qualifying offer with the Charlotte Hornets. And I thought the statement was well worded. And then we heard him speak today where he fell back a lot onto what his original statement said. After hearing the press conference, Wes, what were some of your main takeaways listening to what Miles Bridges had to say and trying to show as much contrition as possible? At least that's what we were asking him yesterday to do. What were some of the things you wanted to see and what were some of the things that you did see after Miles Bridges spoke to the media? Well, I said yesterday candidly that I thought that he would get up there and just say a lot of stuff people wanted to hear because I felt like his actions uh, didn't match up to what I, I felt like 
he should be showing to this point to make me think that he's contrite and to make me think that he really, um, you know, just feels the way you should feel after doing what he did because I, I just felt like going to play basketball at a sports club the day after you beat your kid's mother in front of them, then, you know, posting highlights just a couple of months later as if everything is all good, then coming to the Hornets thinking you're going to get $25 million from them and not having the mentality just coming in that, look, I'm willing to prove that I am going to get back and I'm going to prove that the character's there and I'm going to prove that I've turned over a new leaf and changed some of my behaviors because... Uh, you know, again, it, for me also, it wasn't just that. It was the rap album, the content on those rap albums. It was the lean and the weed on the social media that got taken down. It, it was all of that put into one big pot. So I felt like there was a lot going on there. And just from uh, what I heard from the press conference, it just doesn't, you know, doesn't sound like that. Not that he wasn't contrite or uh, apologizing, but it just felt like he was just trying to get through it. So... It looked like Miles Bridges came in scared. I understand why, because you just pleaded no contest to a domestic fel- uh, felony domestic violence charge. I would understand that you are about to get peppered with questions that you might be uncomfortable answering, although understanding that this is completely necessary. I don't know if Miles Bridges did the greatest job, and here's what I mean by that. You can go, look, the, the easy thing to do would be to just not... Not welcome anything that he says at all. Say everything he did was despicable. Try to find every bad adjective that you can and do the lazy radio thing and say, oh, it's awful. It's And, that, and that's true, right? You could justifiably say, I'm not welcoming Miles Bridges back. Everything that he did, there's nothing he could say to win me back as a Hornets fan or as a Miles Bridges fan. And that's fine. If you wanted Miles Bridges to come in and show as much contrition as possible, I don't know if we got all of that in this press availability. Because it seemed to me, Wes, that he was just using therapy as the easy button. And what I told you yesterday I didn't want to hear was a lot of no comment, a lot of I don't want to get into the details on some of this. I understand that you can't go into every single detail about every single thing that happened. Sure. I also understand privacy is a real big thing that I'm going to respect. But you can't just point to therapy and say, this is why I'm going to work on, this is how I have become a better human. This is how I have become, you know, somebody that I hope to become where I can be a role model and kids can look up to me and I can be someone that the Hornets organization can trust again. He says that I also understand people don't think I deserve a second chance. That's why I'm trying to use this year as a who is Miles Bridges type of scenario. He's not who people think he is. Okay, but I would love for you to expound a little bit on details, on specifics, and how you've grown in the last year. And there's also that happy medium where you don't have to give us all the details, every bit of the conversation that you've had with your therapist. But there is that area you can go into by describing, this is how I've grown. This is why I understand what happened between me and Michelle Johnson is totally wrong. And this is how I'm going to get past that instead of just saying, well, therapy, and I don't want to get into details about it. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not surprised at all by that uh, type of responses. As I said, the action up until this point has not uh, matched up to words that he's saying as far as just showing the proper contrition. And I feel like body language and things like that, like, you know, when someone 
really feels bad uh, about things that they did and really, you know, have turned over a new leaf as a person. You can see it in the body language. You can see it in what they say. You can see it in, in, in being candid. And that's what you're saying, that the candor was not there. He was not telling us specifically how he did what he did, just saying, oh, yeah, I went to therapy. Like, nah, dog, that's not going to cut it, especially when people have been waiting to hear from you uh, for quite a long time in this city everything PR-wise, the damage that was done to this Hornets organization because of what you did, we just expected a little bit more. Yeah, I, I wanted to come in and see, okay, look, words matter. We're in radio for a reason because we believe that words matter. You are in journalism. You are a part of the media because you believe that words matter. Ultimately, Miles Bridges is going to have to show us with his actions, and it is going to take quite a long time to earn the trust back from some, and he may never be able to earn the trust back from some that deem what he did inexcusable to the point where you don't deserve a second chance. And that's ultimately on you, what you decide to allow him or not. But what you want to hear from Miles is something a little more in-depth as to why he understands what he did was wrong and why the situation he is, and his part, by the way, not because he just doesn't, not because he points to the incident and says, I'm sorry I was in it. No, what did you do that you can change to the point where we never see you in that situation again? Kyle asked him at Media Availability, do you plan to be involved in the community and advocate for and, and fight against domestic violence in the future he first answered it as i'm just going to take care of my family i'm going to focus on myself at this point in time then he did come back and say i do want to get involved in the community not because i have to but because i want to so the first answer not great to be honest with you second one he covered his tracks a little more so and answered it in a way where i think you should this has been something we've been talking about a lot ever since we saw this felony domestic violence charge miles if he comes back in the nba and we all thought that he probably would you're going to have to be involved in the community somehow and so to be startled by that i don't know if i don't know if he was surprised i don't know if this is something he planned for because you know there is some kind of planning coming into this media availability but it would be weird to me if you were startled by that question because you have to know that's coming up. It's one of the things that you can do to rehabilitate and try to fix your image within the community. Yeah, and I think you hit it right on the head when you talk about uh, it not feeling genuine. And that's the main thing when I talk about some of the, the, the body language and, and how does it sound? What are the optics? Does it feel genuine? And so when you keep going to the same old reason as to why you felt like you've gotten better and don't offer detail, it feels disingenuous. Well, and, and look, to be fair... This is the tough part because I don't know how genuine it was. I, I understand that Miles Bridges, we can call it what it is. I'm sure that it's uncomfortable being up there. It's a necessary thing for him to do. Yeah. This is something that the fan base and a lot of people have been asking for is for Miles Bridges to speak publicly. The Hornets used to be able to hide behind the fact that Miles Bridges was not an official member of the team. But since he agreed to the qualifying offer and put pen to paper... Now he's a member of the roster, and Mitch Kupchak and the Hornets organization knew we're going to have to get out, not in front of this, because that's certainly not what happened, but we're going to have to get out there and answer some questions. We're going to have to hold at least one media availability session, and that's exactly what took place here a couple of hours ago, or I should say even less than a couple of hours ago. What I wanted to hear was something a little more in-depth, 
something as to show why you are going to change, something to understand that you take full responsibility for the incident and your part in the incident, which maybe is 100%. Maybe it's 100%. It certainly seems like a lot of that. So that's what I wanted to hear. And I don't know if it was the greatest um, greatest press conference in the world for Miles Bridges to repair his image. But ultimately, actions are going to have to fix that. And we'll see what happens as time goes on for the Michigan State product. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We can take some of your text, 704-570-9610. We'll welcome Willie P. into the Planet Kia Studios here in just a moment. Still lots more to get to on Wesson Walker. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. If you want to share your thoughts and comments, you can do so on the text line 704-570-9610. Again, the number is 704-570-9610. Willie P. going to be joining us in just a moment. We'll continue about him going uh, to talk about him going viral after the call that he had last weekend. Not many calls of excitement this past weekend, but last week is when he did the tour. Now Russell Brand. I've heard has actually spoken about Willie P. Yes, that Russell Brand, the famous Russell Brand, shared an opinion on Charlotte FC's voice and our beloved Willie P. So we'll talk to him about actors now talking about what Willie P's call entailed. I did want to talk a little bit more about Miles before we move on and discuss Carolina Panthers topics and then uh, welcome uh, Willie P into the conversation. He was there as well. So maybe we can ask him some questions about that. Look, with Miles, ultimately, if you want the best outcome, Ultimately, what that what that entails is Miles Bridges rehabilitating to the point where that doesn't happen again. And I believe in some sort of rehabbing for himself. And if going to therapy is helping, that's great. I think everybody should be an advocate for Miles Bridges going to therapy, taking the necessary steps to make sure that never happens again and that he works at becoming a better human being. Nick Carboni tweeted out a lot of people in the media were tweeting out some of his comments When Kyle Bailey asked him about, does he want to be an advocate for domestic violence awareness? He said, for now, he's going to keep going to therapy and working on himself. Miles Bridges would also answer later. I want to be around the community a lot, not because I have to, but because I want to. Some of these comments are good on the surface, but there were just too many times where they didn't want to go into detail. And even with Mitch Kupchak being asked about the team's individual investigation. And then when Mitch Kupchak, he talked about this at the beginning of that press conference. He said he didn't want to go into details about the team's individual investigation. See, that's a problem because now if 
we don't know what your due diligence was yeah. within that investigation. Like some people are texting in saying Miles Bridges doesn't have to prove anything to us. I guess not. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have to prove anything to Walker Mail individually if we want to go third person like Miles did during his press conference. He didn't have to prove anything to me specifically. He didn't have to prove anything to you specifically. He ultimately does have to prove if he wants that trust, which he says he does. He says he does want the trust from the organization. So if he does, then he is going to have to prove with his actions. You would like a good foundation of some sort of sentiment from him that he's able to voice that he truly understands what took place over a year ago. That would be great. That's the only thing we can really ask for him right now. Hopefully he can do that. But I don't know if this press conference showcased that he was able to voice some of that here. Maybe he feels that way. Maybe he wasn't doing a great job of explaining it. But that just goes into my entire opinion about the press conference, him not fully giving us details about it. Mitch Kupchak not doing, you know, doing the same thing, too, by not giving us great detail as to the investigation. Did you talk to Michelle Johnson? Who did you talk to? Why were you able to come to the conclusion that you did? I need something more than I don't want to give details, but he seems remorseful and he seems to be taking accountability. Okay, great. I knew I was going to get that. But then you went back to that every other question after you answered it the first time. I needed something more and we didn't get that. So it was a little disappointing, even though not totally unexpected. Yeah, and the thing you're saying, too, with all the, the texters that want to say, well, what does he have to prove to us? And he doesn't have to prove anything. Well, guess what? We were all minding our business when the news hit, when his kid's mother decided to put on social media what had happened and put that horrendous tape and put those pictures up there. So guess what? It all became uh, part of our daily thought process as Charlotte sports fans once that happens. So I don't want to hear about what he doesn't have to prove and things of that nature. We know the regard that athletes are held in. It becomes our business when it becomes public knowledge and when it was put out there for all of us to see and consume. If they would have kept it in-house and it just would have been something that was kept between her and him then that would have been another thing. So I don't want to hear about how uh, he doesn't have to prove anything to us. Yeah, he does because he plays sports in this city. He plays for the Charlotte Hornets. And I guess that the fans of this city will want the athletes that play for it to be able to have some type of moral compass. So uh, that's that's to address that. But just as far as you were saying, the main thing I wanted to see from him was I wanted this to be the first time we saw or heard from him because, to me, that's when you're really putting in that work. And that's why I brought up the highlight tapes and all of that type of stuff. I don't want to see any of that. I don't want to hear from you until it is time uh, for you to come out and talk and time for you to get ready to start playing basketball again in this town and come let us know what's going on because we've seen athletes. This isn't a new story as far as an athlete getting in trouble and uh, having to come on it and explain themselves. And we've seen plenty of athletes and we've seen it done different ways and so when you talk about uh, guys in history I, I think about Michael Vick for example like he went into detail and granted he had specials in 30 for 30s but he went into detail told us what happened told us how he felt took us into that emotion and how uh, much that changed him what he went through and the fact that we didn't hear any of that that just speaks to me as I said to the uh, examples I said before this but that just speaks to the fact that uh, the fact we don't know what you learn we don't 
know how you feel. And so after doing something as bad as this was, I felt like we needed to know how you felt. We needed to know the contrition. We need to know uh, what you're going to do better. And we need to know the steps that you're taking to do that, plain and simple. Well, and you talk about the highlight packages. I don't know if this would have been a question anybody wanted to go with anyway. But if you're asking Mitch Kupchak or the Charlotte Hornets organization, their marketing department, any mandate coming up from the higher ups, how do you promote this guy when this is the situation at hand for a year like there used to be the bobbleheads that were put out there with miles bridges you wanted to showcase all of the sensational dunks that he was doing in a hornets jersey but now are you going to temper a little bit of that because this is somebody that did plead no contest to a felony domestic violence charge and now he's coming in on just a one-year deal and then maybe you do bring him back long term i'm not sure But if you're the Charlotte Hornets and what you say is that you understand fans and people that don't want to give us a second chance or that they might disagree with us bringing him back, you say you understand that. Okay, great. Glad you understand it. Now I'm interested in how you're promoting the team and if you're going to do that with Miles Bridges because he is one of the better players just skill wise. What he meant to this team a couple of years ago on the basketball court, he was absolutely one of the better players, probably your second best player behind LaMelo Ball, who is clearly number one. So are you going to use him when promoting, hey, everybody come out to the court, everybody come out to a game, catch us, it's going to be a lot of fun, or are you going to try to put him on the back burner? Oh, yeah. This is what I'm interested in. And if that's the case, then, okay, I guess winning basketball games is ultimately what their number one goal is going to do or what what their number one goal is, what their number one job is. So if they're winning basketball games and they're promoting other guys, maybe they can have it both ways. But yeah, I, I'm just interested to see how much he's going to be on the tickets that you buy. How much is he going to be on the posters that are being sold? Yeah, I, I don't see that happening at all. If they did that, the Hornets would not, not be uh, considered one of the smarter organizations if you decide to go out and market like that. Maybe as time passes down the road, if you sign him and down the road, he really is showing uh, a, a lot of different things as far as a change in him and becomes a pillar in the community. And, and, and we see that contrition by action. But as far as this season, I just don't think it would be smart for the Hornets to do it. And I don't think they will. Ownership goes a long way. You can take. Yeah. Account, right. Take accountability. Be remorseful. All of that, what you're saying, ultimately the actions are going to show us that. And it's going to take time. There's no shortcut to this. There's no shortcut to be able to let us know that you truly do understand what happened over a year ago. It might yeah. take a year for some people. Timelines are going to be different for what you accept and what you don't. But there's not going to be any real shortcut to people that have a real problem with Miles Bridges coming back to this organization. There is a way to rehabilitate from this. There are some people that are not going to allow you to be the same person in their mind that you were before this news broke over a year ago. And that's something that you just have to accept. These are the consequences that you have to accept. But what you should be doing, what should be happening is you're doing everything within your power to try to win that back, even if you know it's not anything that's going to come um, the respect or whatever, whatever you're seeking, whatever feeling or emotion you're seeking, even if that's not attainable. I hope it doesn't deter you from actually trying to get that back based off of the good actions that you can uh, display the next couple of years or so. So we'll see how all that unfolds. All right. We won't talk about Miles Bridges um, anymore, at least for this time. Uh, Willie P will join us, though. He was at the Spectrum Center. He will uh, be joining us in studio in just a moment. Maybe we can lay the foundation of this running back conversation because here we are talking about going to Twitter and feelings being public. Well, we saw Derrick Henry's public feelings about the running back market 
and Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, neither of what are among the top running backs in all the NFL, neither of those running, none of those running backs got any long-term contract, Wes. Those teams in the Cowboys, the Raiders, and the Giants all used a franchise tag on among the best running backs in the league. And now what you're seeing that had been talked about within radio, within NFL media that had been talked about really for like, what, the last five years and even more so, right? Mm -hmm. That the running back value is just not as much as the other positions in the NFL. Now the guys are being paid like it, right? Miles Sanders got the biggest running back contract this offseason, and it really wasn't all that much money. It wasn't like what Derrick Henry got. It wasn't like what Christian McCaffrey got. And now we're seeing people very angry about this, and understandably so. We're seeing Austin Eckler and some of these other star running backs voice their opinion on it. What do you make of this entire discussion that we saw on Twitter um, really just take off? Yeah, I think it's correct because I think the running backs are being mistreated. I think that they are being treated as as second-class players, and it's evidenced by the salaries and the fact that these teams did not want to commit to them long-term. Who's more important to their teams' offense than Saquon Barkley? If he doesn't go in for the Giants, they're done. I mean, Daniel Jones threw 15 touchdown passes last year. Like I said, in a passing league in the NFL, you're telling me that you're going to just throw some other average back back there and they're going to come back there and do what they did? I, I heard uh, the other day some of the people were talking as far as insider information and just talking about Saquon and saying how NFL defensive coordinators, you know, the uh, anonymous and things of that nature were saying how they worried only about what Saquon Barkley was doing on that offense. Nothing else affected what they were going to do. Not Daniel Jones, not any of those wide receivers. And so for him not to get paid, I think, is a disgrace. And then you talk about a guy like an Austin Eckler. While I don't think he's uh, the the you know, the greatest back in the world, but the man still had 17 touchdowns. His production warrants that he should be paid as one of the better Chargers uh, offensive players. So these guys now, that they see what time it is on the wall. And when you look at the highest paid backs, it is very top heavy. And you do have a lot of guys that are over $10 million. But Josh Jacobs, they said he was in the Raiders' uh, parking lot waiting to right. sign his new deal only to be disappointed, and they want him to play on a franchise tag of, I think, $10 million or something like that when he could easily go. one. Yeah, and then they'll just run the hell out of him and then tell him why they don't want to pay him. They'll give him, they'll give him 350, 400 touches and tell him to kick rocks. And so uh, I think that the running backs are just being disrespected. Uh, they need to be paid as weapons on the offense that they are, and it's just changed over the years, just the perception, man. And now I think this is rock bottom. I would venture to say this is rock bottom for the running back position as far as perception well I'd, i'm interested if this is rock bottom but we're certainly getting there now like this is the first step to getting there if we're not there currently because you do have the cba that the owners are going to point to and say look this is well within our right to not pay you as much money and to continue to put the franchise tag on these running backs and have them only make what is 10.1 million now i heard on espn first take earlier today that Le'Veon Bell, when the franchise tag was put on him, that was $14 million. So now that number has even come down because the average, $4 million, obviously, decent chunk of change that you're losing on this franchise tag. And we are talking about among the better running backs in the league. Look, man, I know you have joked about it. Maybe not so much <laughs> joking about it, but maybe, yeah, maybe half and half being serious and joking about me wanting to pay these running backs pennies on the dollar of their actual worth. I think two things can be true. 
I hate seeing that this is the way that a lot of winning NFL teams have constructed their roster. But history has shown us. I'm just I'm just here to report what the history has shown us. It has shown us that paying the big running backs top dollar has not helped your team more often than not get to the Super Bowl. We've seen this quite a bit where you have to reserve money for your quarterbacks. If you have a quarterback on a rookie pay scale, then what you want to do is spend that money on offensive line play. That really helps your QB and your running back, by the way. Yes. Helps both of those. Wide receivers have become a premium, and we've seen big-time wide receivers impact winning football in the last couple of years. Maybe not for Kansas City last year, but everything's kind of thrown out the window when you talk about Pat Mahomes possibly being the best quarterback of all time. Yes. Like, that's certainly within the realm of possibility. I hate that this has happened to the running back position. I love running backs. Like, they're a lot of fun. I'm drafting both running backs, first round, second round, every single fantasy draft I've ever been a part of. That's the way I roll. Austin Eckler, one of my favorite players in the league. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was one of my favorite players in the league when he was playing. Loved his style. It was weird. I was a huge advocate for him sitting out that one season that he did to try to get as much money back as he possibly could. But it would be disingenuous for me to try to sit here and tell you that I think NFL teams should hand out $16 million contracts like the Carolina Panthers did with Christian McCaffrey because we do see running backs a lot of the time, either undrafted or be drafted in the second, third round or later, come into the NFL and be really effective. We can go to Alvin Kamara. We can go to Dalvin Cook. We can go to Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones. I mean, all these guys are the highest paid running backs. I didn't name one first round pick. I didn't name one McCaffrey is, but none of the other guys that I mentioned were a first round pick in the NFL draft. Tony Pollard, not a first round pick. So this is the problem. Now Saquon and Josh Jacobs are yes, but you're not seeing a ton of running backs draft. You can draft a running back in the first round and a lot of them are really good. But the point is you can match a lot of that production by waiting for guys that get drafted a little bit later. One, two, when it's time to pay him big money, you can just draft another guy in the third round. Like NFL teams have kind of found this out. And now it has come here to roost where NFL teams are actually putting into play what a lot of people have been talking about for a long time. Yeah. And I mean, I think it just is a a difference when you can have a difference maker on your offense. I think those are the guys that deserve to be paid. And yeah, you can go find some backs in later rounds that are good backs, but I'm talking to find those special backs. I feel like they should be compensated as such. And I think some of the guys that we've been talking about this season, they've put up uh, special numbers like Josh Jacobs that led the NFL in rushing. He was a first round pick. Uh, but I think that these teams too, just the way that they do them, they could they could manage them a little bit better than what they do. And that's, 100%. The, that's the rough part about it is that they bring them in and they just use them up and then they kick them to the curve. And I think that's the worst part because they have all these people that work in these offices. They do all these analytics and all these people on a training staff and they look at all these medical breakdowns and all these medical analytics to what this does to the body and that does to the body. So you can't tell me they can't look at these back and say, hey, if you lessen his uh, touches by three to four per game, this could save him this much and do this. No, they don't care about that. They're just going to put these guys out there, run the hell out of them, throw them 100 passes, and then just tell them to get, get going when it's time 
for them to get paid. And so when you look at the guys that are the top paid, a lot of these guys are key cogs on their offense. Whether you talk about McCaffrey with the Niners, we know what Kamara did for the Saints offense, even when Breeze was still there. Now, Dalvin Cook, the Vikings have been a little dicey, but he's been a huge weapon for them. Derrick Henry carries the Tennessee Titans' offense. And Nick Chubb, he carries Cleveland's offense, even though, you know, doesn't help much as far as in the overall grand scheme of things. But he's still the guy that you have to pay attention to. He's the home run hitter on that offense. He is the best player on that offense. And, yes, I'm including Deshaun Watson because until he gets back to the form that he was at before, Nick Chubb is their best player. So uh, I think when you have a back of that caliber, I'm not saying every running back should get a big bag, but when you've got a guy that makes a difference, pay the man. No, I – I want that to happen. I want that to happen. Like I, I would, I would love to see how running backs are going to restore some of this value, but it's just not happening right now. And I don't, I don't know when that's going to happen, Wes, because you know these owners and NFL decision makers, they're going to see Austin Eckler get angry. You know, the guy demanded a trade. Like he demanded for a trade, didn't get it. We know the Chargers have been ruthless when people will hold out. I mean, there we saw this a couple of times. We saw this with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, you know, <laughs> when he wanted a new contract, yep. did not get what he was asking for. And that's just, unfortunately, what's what's going to happen to a lot of these running backs. And I don't know how it's going to be fixed. We can talk a little bit more well, about it's just it gonna as we go too, on. man, just real quick to close it down. It's just going to take special backs that come into the league. You know, uh, we were sitting here yesterday during the break. I was looking at Adrian Peterson highlights. Like, it's going to take guys that just come into the league and just absolutely dominate to the point where they're undeniable. Well, it, yeah, and I heard Colin talking about this too. I guess Colin was saying that he didn't think there were, you know, fantastic running backs in the last few, I don't know, I guess decade or whatever. Man, I don't know. I, f- I feel like we've got some pretty special players at that position. Yeah. Like even right now. And a lot of them have been paid to this point, right? Like Chris McCaffrey, he did get paid. Alvin Kamara got paid. Derrick Henry did too. Maybe you don't think they got paid as much, but they got a second contract is my point. And right now is when we haven't seen, this is the off season where we've truly seen a lot of those guys not get that kind of money because we just saw three in a row, right? I wonder if it would be different if it was just Saquon and not Saquon, Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing and Tony Pollard, who is very good. Tony Pollard's awesome. Love watching him play. But the fact that you had three of those guys not get paid, yeah, that's going to be the problem. Yep. So uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the running back position later on. Let's go to a first Fitty Flash of the day. Go ahead, hit us, Fitty, what you got? Fitty. All right, guys. SEC media days are underway. We're a week away from ACC kickoff, and the schools today released who they're bringing with them to the kickoff events. And from the local teams, you got Drake May from Carolina, Brennan Armstrong from NC State, Wes's quarterback, Mitch Griffiths, Riley Leonard from Duke, and then Katie Klubnick from Clemson will be there. Uh, Florida State's quarterback will also be there. So there's going to be a lot of star power out there. But they're going to be shining behind us because I think WFNZ, <laughs> our star is going to shine bright. Yeah, I uh, can't wait to go out there, man. ACC Media Days, it's going to be a lot of fun. Wes is going to be our man on site. We're going to be there Wednesday and Thursday. And then Wes is going to be helping us out, kind of going around, getting some interviews. He'll be chilling with us the last hour of each of those shows. So it should be a lot of fun. Let's welcome Willie P into the studios. Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... I am Will Pelagic. One of the best opens on this station. It's time. Willie P joins us in the Planet Kia studio. Fiddy, uh, why are you shaking your head? I like that open a lot. Because it's the best open at the station. It's it's not one of. It's okay. it's the best thing. It's arguably the best thing WFNZ's ever produced. And uh, so I'm gonna guess. Well, yours truly I, made I, it. How, how about a, another miscommunication from Fiddy? You know, uh, yeah. he's he's zero for two today. This happens. <laughs> Did you create that open? I didn't. No. I'm just, I'm just saying. He, Whatever Strappy had made he, that. You said one of the best. <laughs> right. You, you said one of the best. He said the best. And right. again, you know, more, more miscommunications from Fiddy. You know, yeah. things aren't coming out correctly from him. Willie P, threw, Willie P threw out a couple of expletives at you before we hopped on because I thought Willie was going to come on at 1230. You had told me Willie P was going to join us at 1230. Well, and then it, he didn't show up. And I thought, all right, well, miscommunication or he had a meeting or whatever. And it was because Fiddy is the one that uh, we can blame Fiddy about this. He Willie? initially said to me yesterday, he said, is 1245 work for you or do you want to do later? And 145 I said, no, I'll do 1245 because it'll be after the Hornet press conference. I'll come over from Spectrum and, you know, I'll move to you at 1245. And he said today, he said, see you at 1230. And I'm thinking, OK, I'll just see you, you know, whatever, you know, it's fine. It wasn't like, oh, can you come in? Can you come in mm-hmm. uh, earlier at twelve thirty? It was never like that. I thought it was like, oh, see you at twelve thirty, meaning like, oh, I, I want to get here for my twelve forty five hit a little early, but apparently not. Yeah. This is why I'm part time. Well, and also the, the a opener, lot of a lot of reasons, litany I, of reasons. I don't want to trash the opener hmm. by any means, but it's it's a it's funny. You're saying that it's like the best produced opener in WFNC's history, and yes. all you did was splice "I'm Will Palachik" into one segment of the song. So really, we should be commending Jay Z for putting out public service announcement. Yeah, I agree with that. And then, <laughs> and then Willie P saying "I'm Will Palachik," like you know, it took it, it took two to tango, and I made what, it work. What, and just what, what, what exactly beat? would you say yes. you do here? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, Fiddy, what if Shrappy? What if Shrappy made it? Would it still be the best thing ever produced? It'd be the second best. Okay. What would be the first in that scenario? Whatever I do is okay. still the best thing right. to ever do happen around here. Got you. I don't mm. want to filibuster because we don't not want to talk about Miles. Uh, well, I, I mean, no, we could talk. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know whether to lead off. It. We could go with a couple of different things here mm. i wanted to lead with russell brand <laughs> mentioning you yes i also wanted to talk about charlotte fc but you were at miles bridges press conference so i guess let's start with that and then let's end on some kind of positivity and talk about russell brand although I, depending on how positive that is what was your takeaway from the uh press conference with mitch Kupchak and miles bridges that you were attending yeah i wanted to see what i i wanted to see true contrition um i don't think i doubt that Miles is sorry that he's in this situation. I, I don't doubt that at all. And I also don't want to doubt that that he's not sorry for what happened. But 
for whatever reason, it just came off a little flat to me. And I even think, too, when, when the question was asked, and I think it was, it was Kyle who asked it about, you know, whether or not the fans are affected by something like this and things of that nature. And the fact that their response for us, we understand. It wasn't like there was no there was no effort to try and placate people who might still have a problem with this happening. And look, I, I'll echo what Jeff said, and I think Kyle said the same thing. You don't know you and me anything. But to the fans who are in this organization, and I've said this with the Brandon Miller thing and, and Book Knight's a part of it, rootability of this franchise took a significant hit with these pair of moves that came in because there's a lot that I think needs to be answered in terms of the leadership. And I asked Mitch what point blank. You said before the draft, going into free agency, you wanted to do something to address the leadership in this locker room. And the only move that was made that's different than where the roster was composed at the end of last year was what happened in the draft and the re-signing of Miles Bridges. They still don't even have P.J. Washington back re-signed 100% technically. So if, if, if you were concerned about the leadership of this locker room, and all you did was add Miles Bridges, who he even said will probably have to do a little bit to re-earn the trust of this organization and his in his locker room. And how exactly did you address the leadership in the locker room? I don't think you did. Yeah, and so I would ask you too: Do you feel like that this press conference helped or hurt Miles, or helped or hurt the Hornets? I think it's neither, Wes. I don't, I don't think it helped or hurt because I think they understand they needed to do something. I think it would hurt them a lot more if they just said nothing and waited until training camp to put Miles in front of people. I, I feel like they needed to needed to say something, even if it was nothing. So I think that the, the act of them doing it, I think you give them a little bit of praise, but I think that's kind of where the praise ends because I don't really know if they answered any concrete questions about where Miles is. I, I did like that at least near the end of it, and, and I think it was a question that he answered of mine where he's like, you know, I do want to like look into what – community service that serves people who are victims of domestic violence looks like that was probably the biggest demonstration of some sort of concrete step to be taken to at least rebuild the trust between him, the organization and the city and the fan base. But, but outside of that, you know, I don't know if we really got a whole lot out of it. Do you feel like that he will be treated like with kid gloves by the Hornets this year as far as marketing and, and things of that nature? Is that something you feel like they should be shying away from at this point? I mean, I don't know. I don't think you put him on a billboard right now, honestly. I don't think you do that. I think you you build your marketing plan around LaMelo and LaMelo only, I think. Maybe a little bit of Brandon Miller, maybe, because there is at least, I think, the the off-the-court aspect seems to be in the rearview mirror when it comes to, to Brandon Miller in a lot of people's eyes. I know that there's still some people who are sitting there and saying, you know, why was this particular move made? But I think you have to center your marketing plan around LaMelo and maybe Terry to a certain extent and maybe also Mark Williams just because he is the local kid, you know, at least from from Duke and all that. So fr from that aspect, I, I think I think there's still a little bit of a ways away from feeling like Miles Bridges is somebody you can consider as a front-facing member of this organization. Yeah, I mean, you got three guys, right? You have LaMelo, Brandon, and Mark, and you might trade Terry. P.J. Washington's going to come back possibly on a one-year deal. Mm -hmm. Miles Bridges is fresh off of a, a, a no-contest plea. And so it's like we got three people to market if you want to make sure that you're marketing people that are going to be here that people are receptive to. And of all the people who is uh, carrying the torch at the front of the P re-signed P.J. Washington uh, bandwagon, like, like how how yes. has that been for you? Not well. I, I, We've I, talked about it a lot. I, I want P.J. Washington back, and it's not happening. It doesn't seem like. Anytime soon, they've given us no indication that PJ, they're going to bring him back. If P.J. Washington signs a deal that is beyond one year, will you get 24 tattooed on your bicep? 100%.
I think that's fair. I think mm. that's totally reasonable. It'll go right next to my Jalen McDaniels tattoo. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I did want to talk about... <laughs> I waited for the long-term deal on Jalen. Never happened, so I, I, I still have that one in beta. But that second-round pick... That second round pick. Hey, look, Mitch Kupchak, in all seriousness, hey, he's done a pretty good job with the second round pick. At least it was in cash considerations because, you know, then I would have had to get a jersey that says cash on the back. Oh, do you remember his playoff game? No, mm. because it didn't happen. All right, let's talk about mm. uh, Charlotte FC real quickly before we get you out of here. They drew five straight matches. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel in that kind of stretch? And then, of course, they dropped this next game to nothing. So what, what kind of, what kind of feeling should we have as Charlotte FC fans, Willie, watching them go five straight without winning or losing? And then eventually their most recent outing, they did lose. It is disappointing, Walker, because I do feel like, you know, there are some part of not losing five in a row that is still a bit of a positive. But the effort that they gave against Montreal was incredibly unacceptable. And I think the coaches said that. I think the players both said that. I think Ashley Westwood said it was like schoolboy football out there. It was not something that they or the rest of the team would be proud to at least represent the organization, the crest, the badge on the chest. I think that's part of the reason why maybe the league's cup itself can be a bit of a reset and restart for them. Because I honestly feel like the amount of injuries this team has sustained the form that they have tried to maintain that they haven't necessarily gotten to, I think has needed some sort of mental reset right now because I just don't, I just don't know if what the organization and what the coaching staff is telling these players is fully getting through. So I'm wondering how these next two games go against Dallas and the Cox. And maybe you get a third game out of it because the top two teams in the group automatically go forward anyway. So I'm wondering how that at least serves as a bit of a, almost kind of palate cleanser for the rest of the MLS season. Yeah, and Willie P, last thing I was going to ask you, too, on the last draw, Coach Latanzio talked about how, well, at least they weren't getting embarrassed uh, week in and week out. So, <laughs> it's a low bar. Yeah, as far as just <laughs> it, it making it sound like moral victories, what was your take from that? Yeah, it, it's, it's difficult, Wes, because I, I think that when you come down to it, these coaches are trying everything they possibly can to – control what they say in front of the media, but also maybe speak to their players through the media. And I don't know if there was a bit of complacency that was set in after the fifth consecutive draw, because there was this frame of mind that, Oh, like, you know, we can come back like they did against Seattle or in some of the other matchups this season, they they have gained points from losing positions this season. It's something that has happened, but they've also dropped points from winning position, which you don't want to see happen either. And so I think that part of it, the fact that it's been since the 27th of May since they've won is not something that anybody from the team wants to see happen, you know, regardless of whether or not you draw on a game. So I think it, it really is going to have to take it's almost kind of like being in, any, in a slump in any kind of sport. That first bit of positivity, that first victory should be a windfall because I do feel like that will at least reinstall some confidence in the team. Before we get you out of here, Russell Brand talked about your famous call mm-hmm. from just over a week ago. Has to be the most famous person that's talked about this thing, right? By far. Uh, I mean, you, you asked me about, you know, some of the famous names we talked about I earlier. Know. So I said Her- Hercules Gomez, you know, and and uh, some of the guys involved in the, in the Fox broadcast. Russell Brand is up here in a much different stratosphere. <laughs> no, I couldn't believe uh, it. The man who used to be Katy Perry's husband. That that's that hits a little different. Uh, he didn't say a lot, but what he did say was rather colorful and funny. And uh, 
Uh, I just like to know that he respects the hustle. There you go. He does. And, and the register, apparently. I respect the hustle. Or as he says, the register. Mm-hmm. Can you give us more Russell Brand impersonations? I respect the register. Mm, but, but he stayed there the entire time. I have no it idea does why. sound a little bit like him. No, no, it's pretty good. It's very good. <laughs> yes, Willie P, Russell Brand in here playing the Kia Studios. We appreciate his time as always. Thanks again, Willie. Maybe I'm a firework. <laughs> we'll see you at, uh, by the way, 1230 tomorrow. Is that right? Is that what you want to roll with here, Fitty? You guys can communicate even though it's probably going to go horribly wrong. That's Willie P. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with the 1 o'clock hour up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.